this past summer, we journeyed through a series of messages from the book of Psalms. Uh, in, in the previous school year, I asked many of our youth to pick a psalm. At our, we did this at Youth Group Bible Study. We, we kind of took them through an overview of the psalms and helped guide them through the process of, of picking a psalm that spoke to their own hearts. And as we did that, uh, we helped each of those youth kind of develop the content of that psalm in preparation for being part of the summer sermon series. And so beginning in June, we had youth who would come up with me and sort of unpack God's Word through the psalm that they had chosen. And it was a blessing. It was a, it was a blessing to see the hearts of our youth uh, set forth before us through the lens of God's Word. And as, as we draw that series to a conclusion, I wanted to, um, I wanted to preach a sermon today that's, that's to our youth, whether they participated in the series or were not able to participate in the series. Um, I want to speak to you who are still in the, in the throes of adolescence, and I hope that everything that I say is, is true for all of us that it it reaches each of our hearts in its own way. Um, What I'm saying to our youth is true to you as well, Uh, whether you're uh, a youth or you act like a youth or you were a youth a long time ago. Um, So with that in mind, I want to pull together some scriptures that sort of encapsulated some of my thoughts as it relates to our youth, and um, we'll start with that. I have two passages from the book of Thessalonians, and then one passage from 1 Peter. I'm going to put that in between the two passages I read from, from Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica. And we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 2 through 7, and then I'll do 1 Peter 2 verse 9, and then 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 7. Is that confusing enough? All right. So, beginning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers. And then continuing in in the directing of these words toward our youth, I chose a verse from 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then from the latter portion of the book of 
Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 7. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. So one of the things in this sermon series over the course of the summer that was very enlightening was just hearing from our youth what the pressures and struggles are that beset them at this stage of their lives. And I don't know how else to say this. Those pressures are different than the ones that we grew up with. Uh, there's, I'm, I'm thinking primarily about the impact of social media on our kids, and I want to just use a little bit of a, an illustration. Frank, is there a window, a picture of a window on this? There we go. Okay. So, when you, when you are on this little thing, that you probably have. Our kids hold in the palms of their hands more processing power than that which was available to the Apollo astronauts when they landed on the moon. In the palm of their little hand, they have all of this power. And if you don't think these are powerful, just try to raise a kid at the age of 11, 12, 13, and not give them one of these they flip, like this is all they want. When we grew up, when we turned 16, the day we turned 16, where were we? At the driver's license office taking our driver's test, right? Today, most kids, the day they turn 16, are not getting their driver's license. They already have the power right here. And this little thing... Here's, here's what I want to say about these. They, they only give you a window into the lives of others. And I'm talking about the social media aspect. And so this window is placed where it is because it allows you to have this beautiful view, right? That's what windows are, are for. Let in a little light, and if you have a view, you put in the biggest window where it gives you the best view. Um, if I spent more time on these types of things, I would have then swiped to another screen and shown you the pig farm that's right over here to the side of this window, right? The window only shows you the best of what it can present. And the windows that you get into your friends' lives through social media is just 
a glimpse of what they want you to see. And they want you to think their life is awesome. Right? And so what happens, the cumulative effect of looking through all these beautiful windows is then you then look in the mirror and you think to yourself, my life isn't so beautiful. My view isn't this good. And when we look at ourselves, we tend to go pretty dark. And so we see, we see the best of everybody else's lives. We see the worst of ourselves. And we're left in a state of feeling isolated and despairing of joy. Because we think everybody else has it better than we do. And let me just say, I am so glad when I grew up that there weren't a million video cameras all around me at every moment of my childhood and adolescence. Um, ooh, yeah. The pressure that is on you to just, just to not be the video that goes viral that everybody's laughing at, right? The pressure in all of these senses, it's just boiling over in your hearts. I want to take you to a different source of understanding of yourself. So instead of looking through the windows of other people's lives and seeing all these beautiful views flash before you, and instead of looking in the mirror and seeing all the worst of, of what's going on in your own life, I want to direct you to the Word. To look at what God says about you, who you are in God's eyes. Let me begin by just saying to our youth, whether you participated in the sermon series this summer or not, we are encouraged by you. What a blessing to see young hearts rooted in God's Word just working out their faith in their own terms. What a blessing. And to see your faith in action. Your faith is evident. It's an encouragement to all of us. The Word of God is evident in you. It's one of the things that Paul talks about in his letter to the Thessalonians. We've seen your, your faith in action, like on the blueprint trip. We see you serving the church uh, here on Sundays and other days. We see you on the worship team periodically. It's an encouragement to see that what we believe is actually taking root in another generation and beginning to grow. The Word of God is evident in you, in your actions, and in your faith. And many of us envy you because we, we look at where we were at your stage of life and we think, wow, I, I wish that that faith would have taken root in my life at that age. Um, 
And so you are a blessing to us. We are encouraged by you. The Word of God is evident in you, and the Spirit of God is evident in you. Thank you to those of our youth who shared their trials and struggles, who opened their hearts and shared about the pains and struggles of being an adolescent in this day and time. Um, we, uh, we started off, we take our youth every summer on a missions trip, and the past few summers we've gone to a, a place south of downtown, a dormitory that we stay at, and it's, it, it's called Blueprint Ministries. And we, we live there for a week, we go out and, and fix up uh, dilapidated houses, for usually for senior citizens who can't afford to fix up their homes. And the youth come together, they, they sweat, they swing hammers, they do all kinds of stuff, and they serve. They pour themselves out, and it's an awesome thing to see. And on the first day of the trip, we, we just sort of, we start with an icebreaker when we get the group together in the evening, and, you know, well, what was the best part of your day? And, and we usually, on these trips, it's, it's like just getting here, just seeing my friends show up for this trip. I'm so excited. And it just so happened that that morning, uh, one of our youth, Aaron Lester, had, had shared Psalm 88 with the congregation, and she actually talked in the midst of, the song, of, of her uh, unpacking that psalm about attempting to take her own life on four different occasions. And there was not a dry eye in the room when Aaron shared these things, and she just talked about uh, the pressures and the struggles and the depression and how, at the end of it all, God, God's light had begun to shine again in her life. And almost every kid at the, at the Blueprint trip that evening, when we asked him, what was the best part of your day? Aaron's message. And it was... I don't know how to explain it, but just the, the sharing of your faith is a blessing to all of us. And we, we see you in your, your trials and struggles, and we see God prevailing through that and beyond that, and we're blessed. We're very blessed to see God at work in your lives through your trials and through your joy. That is... The one thing our youth do best is express joy. Um, it's, it's fun to serve alongside these kids, to be their pastor, to be uh, an elder in the church, to be a member of the church, to see their faith alive and growing. It's encouraging and wonderful. So let's just start with the way God sees you is evident through the way we see you. We are encouraged by you, by your faith, by your expression of Christianity. So we're encouraged by you. God himself is crazy about you. He absolutely loves you. Um, I, I picked these passages mainly for that reason. To, to speak against the voices, the voices that come through those windows 
and the voices that come out of your own mirrors. That God's Word can redefine how you see yourself, who you are in His eyes. Let's talk about that for a second. He loves you. He absolutely, fundamentally loves you. He has called you into His grace, and He has given you examples to follow. We confess we are not the best examples God could have chosen for you to follow as young people. We're not. We mess this up all day long, every day. But what we want you to see is in the wake of those mistakes and sins and failures, there is grace. There's a God who loves, who redeems, who restores, and who abides in us. So that you can know that you don't have to be perfect to be loved. It's not a performance-based equation. God loves you on the, on the basis of His grace. And so, He loves you, and perhaps, more importantly, He chose you. You are a chosen people. He brought you into His family with intentionality. Partly to show you that His love and His grace and His forgiveness are greater than what you see in the mirror. And so, please remember that. He chose you to be a, f a part of His family and to be among those who extend His love and grace in this world. So we are encouraged by you. God is crazy about you. And this hurting, crazy world needs you. You are needed. Um, So we talked about this a little bit earlier. The world is misleading you. They are telling you things about yourself that are not true. That you look through those windows and then you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, I'm not enough. I'm lacking. I'm ugly, I'm whatever. It's a lie. You are beautiful. You have strength beyond comprehension in Christ. You are not only precious in God's eyes, you are a light of freedom and grace in a dark and hurting world. And so, while this world is misleading you, you look through these windows on your phones, and the lie is something like this, or the correction of the lie goes something like this. Happiness is not found by seeking to please yourself. 
you will never find happiness in the attempt to gratify yourself. It will never come to you by that path. And everything you see on social media is pictures of people who appear to be happy because they have satisfied, it might be what they're eating or the vacation they're taking or the friends that they're with or what they're wearing or what have you, and it's all a great big lie. You will never be happy pursuing the pleasure of yourself, the gratification of your desires. Joy is what we are after, and it's found only in pleasing God. And I could add to that in serving others. And we saw this in you on the blueprint trip, that the joy that comes with giving yourselves to others by serving and extending yourself, not for your own satisfaction, but for the benefit of someone else in, the service, in your service to God. Joy comes through that pathway. And so, you have been misled. God wants to correct that. And He wants to send you into this dark and hurting world to make a difference. He wants you to be part of the solution. In that second passage from 1 Thessalonians, I'm looking at chapter 4, verse, I want to say verse 6, yes. Latter portion of verse 6, or the middle of verse 6, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. This is like you're part of a Marvel comic here, right? He is calling you to be part of making a difference in this messed up world. And he's saying all that is wrong with the world he wants you to go with him into the correction thereof, into shedding light and love and grace in the face of darkness and hurt or hate and discord. And so you have a, a calling in front of you to join God in avenging all that is wrong in the world and as it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, to spread his word. And I, I want to be clear, you're already doing that. Each of you in your own way, and we collectively are doing that together, and we want to see that blossom in you, in us, in the church, that God's light Will shine through his children, that we can be a voice for hope in the presence of despair. Will you pray with me? God our Father, we confess that we all look through these windows into the lives of others and we are deceived into thinking that everyone else's life is better than ours, into not being content in what you have poured out before us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so we repent of that 
of allowing ourselves to be misled. Return us to the truth of Your love, to the glory of Your grace, to the humility of knowing that You chose us that You might demonstrate the greatness of Your glory and grace to the world. Lord, thank You for drawing us together into Your family. And we pray that as we move forth from this place today, that You would cause Your light to shine forth through us. That we would be Your agents of good and grace and glory and love in this dark and hurting world. Use us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.